all of us, even big chain restaurants, okay? Uh, I've gone to Burger King before and gotten a really good Whopper and, and thought, man, this is amazing. Why don't I eat at Burger King more often? And then you literally go back the next time to the same Burger King, and you're like, oh, this is awful. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just inconsistency, and it really can kind of ruin the whole thing. Um, if, you know, if you know me, you know I love Chick-fil-A. I'm not saying that just because there's employees in the room. I, I really do love Chick-fil-A. You know what makes Chick-fil-A so great? Consistency. It, it's, not, it's not just the chicken, uh, which has been blessed by the Lord. Uh, every time you go to virtually any Chick-fil-A, your experience is going to be the same. It, you're always going to get good, hot food. There's always going to be friendly personnel who say, my pleasure. Uh, it, it's always going to be fast service. Whoever is training the people at the drive through at Chick-fil-A, we need to just let them run our country. It would be amazing. Uh, but it, consistency. Uh, for some mystical reason, Chick-fil-A employees never have a bad day, and I can't explain that. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you go to a restaurant and you can tell the waiters had a bad day. Uh, they're, they're consistent. Um, uh, the first time I had Chick-fil-A, I liked the chicken, but I wasn't hooked. The first time I went, I was like, oh, okay, you know, because it was convenient and it was just an option to be considered. What made me love it was a hundred positive experiences. It was the consistency. How about this? How about love? All right, if I were to ask those of you who, who are here tonight, we're, you know, we're getting ready to do a couple's retreat. Those of you who are here tonight, you're married. If I were to say, hey, do you love your spouse? Yeah, of course. I mean, why, why would you ask that question? Do you love your spouse? Of course I do. All right, how about this one? Um, Brother Mike, I'm going to pick on you because I know you won't get mad at me. What if I said, okay, prove it? <laughs> What if I said, okay, prove it. Give me the metric. What's the number that lets me know, oh, okay, this is, Brother Mike loves his wife. Uh, Because you didn't love your spouse the day you met her, but now you love her. Tell me the day that love happened. It's an impossible question, isn't it? I mean, how do you you say, oh, it was was right here at this time, it's, it's impossible to do that. It's not that you don't love your spouse. Uh, it's just one of those things that's much easier to prove it over time through consistency. Um, I, I don't mean to belabor the point, but I, I really want to drive this home before we dive into the Scripture. Um, if you go to the dentist and you have your teeth cleaned twice a year, but that's all the care you ever give your teeth, your teeth are going to fall out. I mean, they, they are. That's not good enough. Because um, if you never go to the dentist, but you brush your teeth twice a day for two minutes, you're probably going to be okay because of the consistency of keeping your teeth clean. Uh, it's, it's not too far. You know, we're, we're at that window right now where all the people who made New Year's resolutions and have been coming to the YMCA in Stanton, they've quit by now. So it's, it's nice and empty. There was only like eight people at the gym today. Um, let's say you're, you want to get into shape. You go to the gym, and you just, you just work out as hard as you can for two hours straight. Two hours. You're sweating. 
you leave nothing on the table. You get home, you look in the mirror, and it's like nothing changed. I went to the gym for two hours, nothing. This doesn't work. I quit. All right, maybe, maybe you stick with it. Maybe you okay, maybe I did something wrong. Let's do it again tomorrow. You go back to the gym the next day. You work out for two hours. You are slam wore out. You come home. You look in the mirror. Nothing. Still the same guy. Doesn't look any different. Or you keep going. You go for 30 minutes a day for five days a week, and you keep that up for six months. You go home and look in the mirror after that. You're going to see a change. You're going to see the change. It's not about getting in the gym for nine hours. Uh, that, that doesn't make an impact other than maybe put you in the hospital. Um, it's getting in the gym for 30 minutes a day for nine months. That's when you make a huge, noticeable change. Why? Because consistency is incredibly powerful and incredibly important. Incredibly important. So let's look at the scripture. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Would you follow along with me there? It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk. Let's stop right there for a second. The Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church at Ephesus, to those believers. And he said, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles. He says, you're not supposed to live your life in such a way where you're just like everyone else. You're supposed to be different. Jump down to verse 21, if you would. If so be that ye have heard of him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, there's a change there. Would you bow with me in prayer one more time uh, this evening? Father God, I pray that you would just speak to us through your word tonight. I pray that you'd help me, speak through me. Empty me of self. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and say only what you want to say. Give us what we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Consistency. It is vitally important. Um, I, I want you to stay there in, in Ephesians, but I want to read you a verse in, in the book of Luke, chapter 9. And you'll recognize this. It says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We've all heard that verse before. You've seen it on bumper stickers. You've heard preachers talk about it. It's been on Facebook posts. It's everywhere. Uh, it's a great and powerful verse. But did you catch it? Did you see the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples here? Do you see what he's zeroing in on when he says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me? 
he is teaching his disciples, hey, guys, you need to be consistent with who you are. Following Christ is not a one-time decision. Man, wouldn't it be easy if it was? But it's not. It is a daily choice that we all have to make on purpose. And you know, consistency is actually very difficult. It's not easy to do. In fact, it is not natural for us to do that. I want to read you this quote. It says, Consistency is contrary to nature, contrary to life. The only consistent people are the dead. It's true. Perhaps that's why Jesus calls us to take up our cross daily, an instrument of death. But the importance of consistency doesn't just lie in being the same day in and day out. We need to be consistent with God. That's the consistency that Jesus is driving at here. He's called us to be who he saved us to be. We need to be consistent with God's will. Uh, Let me give you another quote by John Brown. It says, holiness does not consist in mystical speculations or enthusiastic fervors or uncommanded austerities. It consists uh, in Thinking as God thinks and willing as God wills. It's having the mind and desire of God. That is the consistency that we need to be seeking to have. We need to be pursuing after. So if you would, stay there in Ephesians, but I want you to go to chapter 5. And look here at verse 15. The Apostle Paul says, see then that ye walk circumspectly. Circumspectly, not as as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly, it's an interesting word. Circumspectly. Think of uh, the word circumference. What's around me? Walking circumspectly means looking around, considering every area of your life, examining every decision and asking yourself the question, Does this all line up? Does this area over here match up with this area over here? Or or is it lopsided? No? Well, that's, that's called compartmentalized Christianity. When it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna be this way at church and around the people that I go to church with. But when I get over here and I'm at work, I'm, I'm not the same person. That's compartmentalized Christianity. You know, Jesus had another word for it that we kind of like to shy away from. We don't like to hear. Uh, it was hypocrisy. Uh, who was the one group that Jesus spoke against and condemned the most during his earthly ministry? Just say it. Who was it? The Pharisees. It was the Pharisees. It was the Religious elite, the people who knew the law, the commands of God, and, 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 I mean, really publicly lived it out. But Jesus confronted many of them and said, hey, your life over here, it's not matching up with your life over here. You, you say that you're pursuing after God, but it's inconsistent. It doesn't match up. 
Why? Because their lack of consistency, their beliefs and practices were lopsided. They weren't consistent with God's desires. And that was the important part. So stick with me tonight. I know it's Wednesday night. It's late. We're tired. Um, But I want to give you four areas of life that we all need to face if we're going to remain consistent. And, and I think this is going to be very practical for us tonight. At least that's what I'm shooting for. Uh, so we need to ask ourselves this question. Are we consistent in who we are? Are we consistent in who we are? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Here's another familiar verse for you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Not all things are better. All things are new. Completely different. How about uh, right here in our text in Ephesians 4? It says in verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. pastor just talked about that verse. But it, it goes on. In verse 1 of chapter 5, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Be ye followers of God as dear children. Our theme for this year, follow Him. Be followers of God. But then again, just like in that last verse, that tagline gets us. As dear children. Why did He say that? Why does He say as dear children? children. He's reminding them who they are. Don't forget, you're a child of God now. Don't forget who your father is. Paul is calling these Christians, and us as well, he's calling to them saying, hey, remember who you are, because you're not who you used to be. You're someone new now. Remember who you are. You know, I was, I was studying for this and, and just uh, kind of wrestling with that verse and, and what it meant. And I couldn't get that phrase out of my mind, remember who you are. And I was like, where have I heard that before? And uh, it's, a, it's a children's movie that I saw when I was like 11 years old. Uh, there is a, a clip, a video clip of uh, the Lion King where Simba is talking to his dad. And they have this conversation uh, w- would you guys roll that clip for us tonight? <laughs> Creepy little monkey. Will you stop following me? Who are you? The question is, who are you? I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Shh, come here. It's a secret. Enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. <laughs> I think you're a little confused. Wrong. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. <gasps> Bye. Hey, wait! You knew my father? Correction. I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. 
Nope. Wrong again. <laughs> He's alive. And I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki. He knows the way. Come on. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. forgotten me. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. No! Please! Don't leave me! Father! Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or... Learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm gonna take your stick. No, 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 no! Not your stick! Hey! Where are you going? I'm going back! Good. Go on! Get out of here! <laughs> That uh, 
that is strangely applicable. Um, and you know they totally ripped off that speech from uh, Mufasa from the Bible. But anyway, um, remember who you are. Uh, and sometimes it is easy to forget, isn't it? Life gets in the way, we fall back into routine, and we forget who our Father is. We forget who we are meant to be, and we look in the reflection, and we don't see Him like we should. When we make the choice to place our faith in Jesus Christ, it is not just a decision to add something on to what we've done. It, it changes who we are. Uh, we become a new creature. And we're supposed to be reflecting a new nature. Um, Jesus put it uh, a different way in another conversation in John chapter 3. And you'll recognize this one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles uh, that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I used to read that and think that the wording was strange. Why did Jesus say born again? It's just, it sounds weird. And by the way, Nicodemus reacted the same way. But do you realize that Jesus was telling one of the righteous, religious, elite leaders that he had to completely start over. He couldn't just tweak what he was doing or who he was. He couldn't just add this or, or change that. Jesus said, no, you have to completely start over. All that you've learned, all that the laws that you're endeavoring to keep, all those things that make you righteous in the eyes of men, none of it matters. You have to completely start over. You know, when we're living compartmentalized Christianity, uh, where we allow Christ to change parts of our life, but only certain parts, and, and the ones we choose, uh, that means that, hey, I'm still in control here. See, real, consistent Christianity, being a follower of Christ, it gives up all the control. It, it's completely letting go. It's realizing that it's inconsistent for you to say that you're a Christian, but hold back certain areas of your life. Now, time out now. We're, we're not talking about being perfect. We're not talking about living a perfect life. We're simply talking about being the same person in the house of God as you are at home with your family and at work with your coworkers and uh, at, at school perhaps. And even in those private moments when you're alone and no one else is around but God. It's being consistent. It's seeing Christian as your very first, highest, and primary title 
above your job title, above your uh, personality and individuality, above the name of uh, even husband or wife, uh, above the title of mom or dad. I am a follower of Christ and a child of God, and that's what defines who I am. We need to be consistent in who we are. But you know what else? I told you I was going to give you four things. We need to look at, are we consistent in what we do? Are we consistent in what we do? Not just in recognizing who I am, but what I do day to day in my life. Not only should the way we live our lives be consistent with who we are, but our actions should reflect that. They should reflect that. So as we continue here in our text in Ephesians chapter 5, look at that next verse, verse 2. It says, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Now I promise, I, I didn't rip off Pastor's message on Sunday. I'd actually already written this before I heard his message. It just happens to fit like a puzzle piece. Uh, it's almost like we got it from the same source. Um, I, I recently heard, okay, there, there are four scholars, right? They're arguing over different Bible translations. Don't throw anything at me. Um, one said that he preferred the King James Version because it was beautiful and, and eloquent old English. But there was another scholar there that he said, no, no. The American Standard Bible, that's, that's, that's better. It's more literal in, in the way it moves the reader from passage to, to passage with a, a confident feeling of accuracy from the original text. But there was a third man there, and he said, I prefer uh, Moffat because of its quaint, penetrating use of words. The, the turn of a phrase that captures the attention of the reader. After giving the issue further thought, the fourth scholar admitted, I personally prefer my mother's translation. When the other scholars chuckled, he responded, yeah, she translated it. She translated each page of the Bible into her life. It is the most convincing translation that I've ever seen. The consistent testimony is much more likely to compel the unsaved to be drawn to the power that makes that lifestyle possible. John MacArthur said that. Let me read that for you again one more time. The consistent testimony is much more likely to compel the unsaved to be drawn to the power that makes that lifestyle possible. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 5.16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Are we consistent in who we are? Are we consistent in what we do? But not only that, let me give you the third one. Are we consistent in what we say? Are we consistent in what we say? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. Neither let filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because these things come, cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. You know, nothing will betray you faster than your mouth. I mean, 
how do you get to know somebody? How do you learn about them? How do you tell what kind of person they are? Usually within a few seconds of talking to them, by their conversation, by what they say. People talk about what's important to them. And the way that people talk. The way that we communicate. You know, a follower of Christ talks differently than a non-believer. You do. A follower of Christ talks differently than a non-believer. I want you to notice the contrast that we see here in in verse 4. Look at it with me. It says, filthiness. Filthiness of speech. You know, that person has a filthy mouth. Uh, Foolish talking. That's speaking of things that you don't know, but pretending that you do. Jesting. This isn't somebody who's quick quick with a joke, okay? We, we, we ought to laugh, but this is being quick-witted with vulgarity and, and ribbing. Uh, there, there definitely isn't uh, anything wrong with laughter. This isn't encouraging us to be serious all the time. And look what he says. But rather, in place of all those things, giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. See, when you're aware of the grace of God, when you're aware of it, of what you've been forgiven, of the fact that everything you've been given is something you don't deserve, you can't help but be consumed by the grace of God. It's, it's, it's being the type of person who's not, uh, not complaining, not always looking at the negative, but being a grateful person. Grateful for what God has done. Because it can never get so bad that we can't say God hasn't been good to us. A positive person. Always looking on the bright side. Not a complainer. We need to ask ourselves, am I consistent? Am I consistent with who I am? Am I uh, consistent with what I do. Does it, does it all line up? Does it match? Am I consistent with what I say? Are the words of Christ on my lips? Do I talk about Him? Or is it awkward for me to talk about the Lord, but easy to talk about you know, sports, hobbies, whatever? Am I consistent? And lastly, are we consistent in what we believe? In what we believe. You know, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10 says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. In other words, do you know what you believe and why you believe it? What does the Word of God say? Because our philosophy, what we believe about life, comes out of our theology. That's what we believe about God. Our philosophy on life comes from what we believe about God. Your beliefs, our beliefs, they need to be consistent. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, talked to someone, and it just kind of dawns on you where you're like, ah, that doesn't line up. You know what I mean? You ever talk to somebody like that? They're talking about something, and then they're talking about something else, and you're like, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't match. This, this doesn't line up. Um, let, let's be biblical about it, okay? It, it, it's inconsistent to say uh, God created the heavens and the earth and also say that 
dinosaurs ruled the earth for millions of years. Well, that's, that's not in Scripture. That doesn't match. Uh, it's inconsistent to say, well, I believe in the, the sanctity of life, as the Bible teaches, but I'm a, a political proponent of, of abortion and, and, and the right to do that. Well, it's not, that's not consistent. You either believe one or, or you believe the other. You, you can't say you believe both. They're, they're at odds. Uh, I believe in uh, God's design for biblical gender and marriage, but I also respect the world's view of gender and uh, relationships. Well, uh, see, again, those two things are at odds. They don't, they don't match. That's, that's inconsistent. Uh, uh, it's inconsistent to say that you believe the Bible is, is vitally important and never read it. it. It's inconsistent to say that you believe God's love can can change anyone, but then pick and choose who we welcome into our church. It's, it's inconsistent to say that God is willing, not willing that any should perish, but only the elect can be saved. It's inconsistent to say the gift of God is eternal life, but you can lose your salvation. Th- those are inconsistent. You cannot say one and say the other. They don't match. I read a, a, a very piercing quote a few weeks ago, and I saved it, and I want to share it with you. It says, it is inconsistent not to have time for God and then to wish to spend eternity with Him. Do you think about what that means? It's inconsistent for me to say, I don't, I don't have time for God today, but I want to be with Him for all of eternity. That, now, that just wouldn't make sense. But I've been guilty of it. Be consistent in what we believe. How do we do that? We take the time. We put the work in. We do what the Bible says and, and study to show thyself approved unto God. Being consistent isn't easy. It takes work. It takes a daily choice. Do you know what you really believe is what causes you to act? What you really believe, that's what causes you to act. And if it does not cause you to act, then you don't really believe it. I believe if I put my hand on the hot burner on the stove that it's going to burn me. Ha! Ah! I didn't really believe it was going to happen. You see what I'm saying? What, what you really believe is going to cause you to act. And if it doesn't change your actions, then you don't, you don't really believe it. Verse 8 of, of Ephesians chapter 5 sums it all up. <laughs> listen, listen to the way this is written. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now, now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Recognize who you are and live like you realize it. Remember who you are. Take up your cross daily. We need a dose of consistency. We need that reminder. We need to show the world something different. How do we do that? We examine 
who we are. We're forgiven in Christ. A beneficiary of His grace. A child of God now. Not what I used to be. I examine what I do. Does it all line up? Am I walking circumspectly? Does it all match what I say? Do I speak like a child of God in, in what I believe? In what I believe, does this book dictate what I believe? Do I share the mind of God? Do I share the will of God, His desires? Does it all match up? Let's bow for prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord, I pray that you would just help us tonight. This is truthfully a very simple challenge. There are no tricks. There are no shortcuts. It's simply taking a moment to look at our reflection and ask ourselves, who do we see? God, with all of my heart, I want people to see you in me. But I know at some, there are times, there are many times, that that's not what's being reflected. Lord, I pray, please help us. Help us, God. You've been generous with your grace, but we need more. I pray that you would help each and every one of us to take a few moments tonight and just consider who we are and what you've done for us. Help us to examine what we do. Does it all line up? Does it make sense? Or do, do adjustments need to be made? Do we need to make some changes? And how about what I say? Do I speak like the other Gentiles or is it different? Does it stand out? Do I talk about the most life-changing event in my life? Do I talk about you as if I love you? Does it match up? And in what I believe? Do I know what I believe and why? Is it all consistent? Lord, help me to be balanced. Help me to set things in order and make sure that I'm consistent in my walk. Help us to take up our cross daily and follow you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. And uh, hope that was a help. It was a challenge to me, so uh, I wanted to share it. Uh, we're going to go into our uh, prayer time tonight. And uh, 